Excuse you a little bit of a delay, even though it says live. Welcome live highfalutin ski bump podcast episode number 182 it is your pals mario and brian mario what's up 182 we're back we're back uh, with the sound they said we'd never get this far (laughs) and to them we say good day i said good day good day um no everything's going good had a busy weekend uh recouped a little bit um pushing the uh, envelope on a bunch of other things um well you had a crazy busy. day today didn't you yeah it if was you were not following us on instagram or twitter or facebook at ski bump podcast you are missing out friends yeah i'm out running some errands and who'd i bump into our buddy our the new hulk. buddy hulk, hulk not hogan. Lou hulk hogan yes it was the one fun. and only yeah, Hulkamania runs wild on Costco. Hulkamania, but we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff. We'll, we'll bring that up later. Um, That's right. We can tease. But yeah, if you uh, want to see more, you want to stay on top of these things, you want to know the second this stuff goes down, you got to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at Ski Bump Podcast. Of course, our website skibumpodcast.com. It's just been refreshed recently. I think it looks awesome. Other people have been checking it out. Thinks it looks they look awesome too. We have the shop on there. We've been actually selling a good amount of merch for us lately, which has been really awesome. So thank you so much, everyone who's been ordering stuff. Skibumpodcast.com slash shop. We are also on YouTube. Spotify. That's yeah, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher. You can go there and subscribe, rate us. We'd really appreciate that. What else? SoundCloud, iHeartRadio. We're all over the place, but you can get all the info at skibumpodcast.com. That's your main hub. Thank you, everyone who's been writing and asking for stickers. It's great sending those out to you. And we have our one sponsor today. Thank you again to Quickie Wax. We Quickie just got Wax. our shipment in and we, we just got it in and it looks... I'm excited to start breaking it out and putting it on the skis and getting them ready for the season. They've got four different types different conditions waxes so thank you to quickie wax uh, if you want more information on them quickie wax q-u-i-c-k-i-e wax.com all their info is on there they are a colorado based ski bum owned small business so if you're looking for some wax don't get that dps phantom nonsense support the local small business go to quickiewax.com Grab some stuff there. Tell them your pals, the highfalutin ski bum sent you there. You can and buy some ski that you could wax too. Just saying. There you they go. Sell also. They got some swag there. They got the cool little bunny logo. So hit them up. Yeah. And again, tell them that we sent you. And we'd really appreciate that. So with that, let's kick it off. Like we always do. It's time for our prey today. Mario, what do you got this week? All right, so this week I'm going to an old classic. If you're a cocktail fan, you're an after work, I just want a nice, gentlemanly or ladylike cocktail, go for the good old-fashioned uh, gin gimlet. So that's what I got here today. I'm on my, about my third. Uh, oh, boy. They're actually really good. Um, yeah, well, I don't make them for too a third, obviously. Yeah, I don't make them too strong. Uh, you know, I really like the lime juice. It's like 
So you put fresh lime, which I get, I have this little press, this lime press thing, and you put it in there and you just squish the lime in there. Uh, and you basically juice out like half a lime, uh, put good helping of gin. And then they say li uh, lime water you could use, or I guess like a Sierra Mist if you want it sweeter. But I just use flat out either um, lime flavored, lemon lime flavored uh, seltzer or plain seltzer. And that's it. Garnish with a little uh, lime and you're good to go. It's a very lime. I thought you were saying flat out ether, like you're going to add ether to your ether. gin. Oh, that's when, does this smell like chloroform, right? That's, yeah. That's what, <laughs> that's a whole that's different a, kind of party there. Kind of party, but yeah. uh, no, nah, they're good. I mean, these things have been around forever. It's the simplest drink in the world. Just gin, little soda water and freaking lime juice. And I've had them juice. in the past and it's had that like roses, the sweet yeah. lime. That's, kind of gross well that's the other Too way sweet. so like order it in a bar like i'm very you know i always make sure i say oh can you make it with real lime and they'll either have fresh lime juice we got it um mel and i were out somewhere it was not germany it was somewhere out i think it was in the airport and um we ordered one and i said oh can you use fresh lime juice and he had this like freshly squeezed lime juice and it was delicious i was like whoa what is that and i looked it wasn't even a brand it was just fresh squeeze i was like god damn this is good so they'll surprise you especially if you ask for the right thing otherwise you get the roses which is very sweet um it's light like lime flavored simple syrup um so it's a little bit different so usually it's funny with high fructose corn syrup it's got that like kind of like sticky but dry like mouth gummy Ugh, it's kind of hard if you've had it you understand if you haven't yeah it's uh it, it you just it's a weird feeling you get in your mouth when you have that stuff and i'm all for telling bartenders how you like it like if you want a, a dash of that little rosa stuff tell them you want a dash of that and then lime juice i mean be specific because hey they're gonna get tipped or they're not gonna get tipped they'd rather give you what you want to have a better chance of getting tipped you know what i'm saying oh yeah Oh, but if they don't know what they're doing, they're going to put the roses in there and they're going to be like, what do you mean you want fresh lime? And they'll, they'll put like a little lime garnish or a piece of lime in there. You're like, no, no, I want it with lime juice. Like they're like, that's lime juice. It's like, yeah, you got to know the difference between lime juice and, you know, roses, lime, grenadine or whatever the shit is. For sure. Yeah. Tell them what you want. Otherwise, don't be disappointed if you get something else. Oh yeah. And then they're all happy when like you get your second one and they're like, I made it just the way you like. And it's like, God damn, you did. You're like, mm -hmm. I'm impressed. It's good. Okay. How about you, Brian? What do you got? We didn't plan this. We, we, whenever we do our app right today, it's rare that we, we plan, coordinate, try to be cute. Like let's get like matching or complimentary drinks. We didn't do any of that today. Drinks. I uh, I wasn't feeling like a beer. I wanted to keep it light today. I had a bit of a headache, long day, a lot of stuff going on, busy day tomorrow. So I wanted something light. I wanted something simple. And lo and behold, I went the gin route as well. Again, oh. no coordination, no talking beforehand. This just all sort of happened. I think cold weather, colder weather feels like gin too. Yeah. I, I usually go more towards the the darker colored liquors. Like I was thinking Manhattan originally, because I love it when it gets cold. I love having a nice Manhattan because it just it warms you up. But I went gin. I went to the freezer. I have that uh, Harahorn Norwegian oh, small batch gin. Nice. 
I love this stuff. I think it's really tasty. Where did you get that anyway? Somebody gave it to you? Uh, my father-in-law who's in Norway gave it to me, but I have yeah. seen it in liquor stores around here. Cause I've been chasing down some spirits lately. And, uh, some of them are such small batch that they're like, no, nah, we don't know. We do. We don't get it. And our distributor can't order it cause they're not going to buy it in that big of a bulk. So you got to find a good place. I've seen, I've seen places have it here locally. It's, you know, it's not terribly expensive. It's like 30 bucks for, a. Uh, for 750 milliliters. It is really good though. I'll keep it in the freezer. It's really tasty. I gave it a whisper of dry vermouth, a whisper. So right. it's technically a Gibson, not a gimlet. Oh, you got to you got to drop some knowledge on people now. That's our our boy Nick. That's his jam. That's his go-to. I do not have cocktail onions, which I guess is I guess almost a requirement for a proper Gibson. Yeah. I don't feel the need for the onions, the onion juice. They're great. They're okay. They're not my thing. I hate olives. I hate that kind of martini nonsense. I could do the onions. I just, uh, I know if I bought a jar of them, they would go bad because I would not eat enough of them. So I just go, you know what? I'm going to omit the onion, just do a whisper. So a tiny, like barely three drops of vermouth, dry vermouth. You kind of the proper way is to spin it out of the glass. I'm being frugal. I didn't spin it out. I just dropped it in there and drank it. Nice. And then a little bit of gin. And no onion? No you know, onion. No anything else. Yeah, I tried making those at home because I'm a, a big drinker, a big martini guy. I do like the olives. I play around with the olives. It's either I love the blue cheese in them. I like the um, garlic stuffed ones. The pretty good. The olives. But I had a Gibson one. I tried making a Gibson one time and it sucked. I was like, this is gross. Like, why would I make this? <laughs> and I went out and I went to some fancy place. I went to that uh, Dear Irving in the city. I think I told you about that place. It's like, you know, $20 a drink. It's crazy. But I tell you what, that thing was freaking delicious. I was like, I don't know what you guys did to it, but this thing is like, I don't know. I, I never tasted anything like that. It was good. What kind of gin do you have in your gimlet? Uh, my gimmick, I'm using the Costco gin today. How is that Costco gin? It's just like freaking, uh, Tangeray. It's great. <laughs> and it comes in like a 1.75 liter bottle for oh, about yeah. 18 bucks. And I tell you what, it's good. Like usually for my mixing gin, I usually like beef eater, Tangeray. Um, that's usually about it for martinis. I'll, I'll go between a few, I like Hendrix, depending if it's like, you know, a, uh, if you do the cucumber in it, uh, but like a dirty martini, I like Bombay Sapphire. So hmm. a gin does have a different taste. Like, you know, you might not realize, but it really, you, once you taste around, you know, everybody's get, gets their preference. So, Oh yeah. Uh, but actually the one I was trying to look, I just looked it up. The gin I was looking for was a, it's a ginger and what the fuck is it? Rhubarb ginger uh, gin, infused gin. And it's uh, Whitley Neal is the name of it. And I can't find it anywhere. I found it online through the UK and you got to pay like shipping and stuff. I was like, hmm, maybe if I'm going to order a case of it, but it was delicious. I had a, uh, it was a drink that was similar to a, um, they put blackberries and they put that in there, rhubarb, ginger, and blackberry. It was really good. I was like, damn. It was like a fruity. Sounds like a lot of work. 
Yeah, it was a lot of work and I didn't have to do it. That's why I was like, oh, this is delicious. <laughs> that's one of those things. It's, fun, it's fun to, to order out, but you're like, I'm not making this at home ever. It's just way too much work. It was like the afternoon. We were in downtown St. Pete. We we're like having a good time. It was sunny out, walking around. We're like, yeah, I'll have another. Of course. <laughs> Take one to go. Yeah. That was pretty cool. But yeah, so you got your uh, your Gibson going? Sure do. So yeah, it's a pretty, pretty small port today. Keeping it light, trying to stay focused on the podcast today. Now, so Mario, of- you were just... We talked about this... Not last week, the week before, you yeah. were going to Oktoberfest and you actually went to Oktoberfest. So I did 24 hours in Germany, in Munich for Oktoberfest, basically flew in at about 10 in the morning, left at about nine in the morning the next day. Wow. Um, got That's all our way to do it. Yeah, we got, we got lucky. We got um, Coach Plus, right? The... Uh, Economy Plus. So on United, it's actually kind of cool. It's almost like first class. So it's like nicer seat, bigger seat, a little more leg room. So that helped get a little bit of sleep on the way there. I got, I actually slept. I did the, um, I did the roofie. I did the uh, Advil PM. Nice. Got about four hours of sleep, five hours of sleep. Still tired, system crazy. Got in the morning, uh, went down. We got in, by the time we got near the hotel, we got to the uh, train station. So I got tips for going uh, to um, Oktoberfest. And my biggest tip is get from the airport, take the Lufthansa bus, the express bus. It is uh, 17 bucks per person round trip. So it takes about 45 minutes there. If you take a cab, it's going to be like 70 euro and it's going to take about a half hour still. And this is like 45 minutes. It takes you right there. And it's like 17, like I said, 17 round trip. Boom, get off there and you walk. Uh, we went to the hotel, dropped off our crap, and then we walked over to Marienplatz uh, just before noon. And at noon, boom, you got the whole big show for the uh, Glockenspiel. So, saw that, walked around a little, did a little, you know, ate stuff, and uh, back to the hotel, crashed for like two hours. And then we went to, uh, got suited up and went to Oktoberfest, had a great time, baller ass time. So you guys could see pictures. I posted a few on um, our Instagram. Uh, I could put a few more out there. And then I got I put a bunch on Facebook and there's just stuff all over. It'll be coming out. So I had a great time. Went to Oktoberfest. Great singing. We we're hanging out with some soccer team that's supposed to be famous. And we're like, dude, you could be Bayern Munich. I have no idea. Like uh-huh. everybody's just hammered. So it was good. It was a good hammer though. There's no fighting. It was everybody's hammered singing and you know it, it was it was a lot of fun i gotta say met some cool people from chicago too so nice. at our table so it was it was great it was a lot of fun so the other thing at oktoberfest that people don't realize so we're walking in meet these people from chicago like you know in our group that are gonna be at our table and they kind of walk in we got a tent reservation all this stuff start walking in and the tents are so packed now now we went to the polliner tent which is probably the biggest tent that they have there. There's like, what did they say? 17 big tents, which are between five and 8,000 people inside and about 21 smaller tents. So if you can imagine the magnitude, you got 8,000 people in a quote unquote tent. Um, 
it's pretty gigantic, right? It looks like you're, you know, it's raining out. So you get in there, it looks like it's sunny and there's a line to get in and they're checking wristbands because they're going to be full to capacity. So you can only get in if you have a wristband. Usually they just let you walk in. Uh, but this was the second to last day of Oktoberfest. So it was like peak, peak time. So we're walking in, we're waiting and I'm following Melanie and she stops because these two dudes are talking and she looks at me like, what a bunch of dipshits walks around them. And I'm looking at him and the one guy's talking to the other guy. And all of a sudden the one guy takes out something from his pocket and it was a bottle with white powder, puts it on his hand and the other dude snorts it. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? So I look at the other dudes that from, from Chicago and I look at them I'm like, did you guys just see that? They're like, holy shit, that was awesome. <laughs> we don't know what's going on. We think people are snorting cocaine everywhere. So we get in there and we're talking to these dudes from the soccer team. And they're like, yeah, that's a, a it's like candy cane. They call it candy cane. And I looked it up. It's called Weizenkox. And they were supposed to ban it, but they still sell it at Oktoberfest. And what is it? There's no drugs in it, but it's like, it's a mix of menthol, glucose, and I think sugar. And they snort it. And it's like, I guess they, they equate it to snorting a candy cane. And I'm like, <laughs> what the hell? Which I know is always at the top of my list for the holiday festivities. It was awesome. But then we look around and it's kind of like there's areas of Oktoberfest that are a little bit mosh pit. And this is inside in a controlled environment because people just gather together and they start talking and there's people dancing. There's a lot of shit going on at one time. There's like music and it's all the best part. It's all like eighties music, eighties and nineties music from the U S and everybody knows all the words and they're singing it. It's like Caroline, and shit and sweet Caroline, everybody's singing. I'm like, I feel like I'm back at like the body barn in, New, in long Island, you know? Um, it's just crazy shit. So we, I look around, there's people snorting this shit. So I, I finally asked the, the people like, Oh no, that's the, that's candy cane. And they explain it to us. I'm like, I still don't believe you, dude. They're, they're smoking. They're snorting Coke everywhere. So I think it's a way for them to be able to do snort Coke without getting caught for snorting Coke saying it's like training know. Coke. Well, if you had real Coke, who would know the difference? That's oh no, true. that's the Weizenkox that I'm, you know, snorting. When you get the vape, you know, you're like, oh, what do you got? Is it watermelon flavor? It's like, no, it's actually weed. But, you know, it's the, uh, if you get the the oils, you can't yeah. smell it. So, you know. Right. It's like untrackable weed. You yeah, know? pretty much. Uh, so there's that. And then they have, we were talking about snus. You know, everybody does the Oof, the uh, yeah. snuff or whatever. They call it snus out there. Yeah, it's German for snuff. Um, but yeah, they do it and they have a Christmas blend. So somebody had it and they're like, here, you want to try something? I'm like, absolutely not. But like, I just didn't realize like, it's such a big event. They actually ha create snuff for it. And this Weizenkox, this other stuff just for Oktoberfest. It's an Oktoberfest thing. It's I'm like, like when Starbucks has their, uh, their, yeah, their Thanksgiving blend coffee or the coffee, the uh, Christmas blend. Uh, it's magical. Oktoberfest so blend snus. My girlfriend, she couldn't believe it. Her mind was blown. I told her about it and she, you know, all the stories don't like put it to reality or justice until you see it. Like the magnitude is just like, Oh my God, like this is a, a tent and you're just like, there's a ton of people here. Um, I mean, literally, I think they say there's like anywhere between like 66,000 to a hundred thousand people that attend Oktoberfest every day. Wow. That's every day. I mean, that's the, a lot of people coming to just drink and dance and have fun. Damn. So, that is crazy. 
we saw a guy passed out on the street. That was fun. And his girlfriend was trying to wake him up and she was trying to do it quietly because the cops will come over and then the rest. Uh, we found out, do they have the scooters over in New York? Um, oh, do they ever? So those the stupid little Uber scooters. scooters? Yeah. Yes. So they have them all over Tampa and St. Pete and they're a fucking... They wreak havoc because people park them anywhere. They'll just like stop in the middle of the sidewalk and like, all right, shit's there. And it just stays there. You know, like you can't move it. They have them at Oktoberfest. And the oh, funny boy. thing is they were saying people get their license taken away all the time. Because if you're driving one of those drunk, you get it like a DWI and you get your license pulled. So they said there's tons of people getting their license pulled. Oof. And they get hammered on Oktoberfest. Like, ah, yeah, let's just get these scooters and ride around, you know. <laughs> crazy oh boy that's bad news yeah so if you want to know about the know more about the Weisenkox, otherwise known as what do they call it um i think it's Wiesenkox, right Wiesenkox. w-i-e is Wiesen. yeah that could be you're the german scholar here i'm not uh yeah but it looks so much like cocaine i was like holy shit i think i'm in scarface right now this is crazy <laughs> it was awesome um they say it they say it has no bad effects. Tobacco and drug free. Tobacco and drug free. It's like sugar menthol. with menthol pretty much. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you get that. What's it? The uh, old boss. Yeah. Like the, the, um, to clear up your nostrils. Like when you have a, a stuffy nose. Yes. Or like a uh, neosinephrine, just like a little shot of that to like, bam, get mm-hmm. you going. Uh, but it's crazy. People like, so as Arto talked about, like people snorting it off of women's chests and like everything they would do with cocaine, I guess they could fantasize and, and act it out with this shit. It's pretty funny. It's all um, the fun of cocaine without the potential for going to jail. And it's funny, like you, you'll see a person that has done it before talking to people that never done it. And they're just like, come on, it's, it's all right. And they're like talk, trying to talk them into it. Like it's cocaine. It's hilarious. Yeah. So I still think some of it was cocaine because there had to be. It I mean, has to be, right? You were like, yeah, put it in the in the Wiesenkox bottle and just freaking that's pure cocaine, pure it's Colombian. Like, it's like when you want to like drink in public, but you know it's illegal, so you put it in a coffee cup. You're yeah, like man. one of those to-go coffee cups. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, I'm just having a little uh a little iced coffee here when really it's you know, gin around the yeah. there's nothing there's nothing that feels more satisfying than like walking past a cop drinking your 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 drink and your coffee cup, like, hey, what's up? up officer sticking it to the man yeah that's it beautiful so uh oh it's crazy man people people like scarface it, it was traumatizing at first I was like, holy shit what am i witnessing and then i look at another table and people are doing it there i'm like what the fuck am i the only one that doesn't have cocaine on me right yeah we legalized cocaine this year you didn't no one told you <laughs> holy shit we think we're badass for legalizing pot god nope. damn wasting no time yeah so speaking of nothing, this is there's no segue to this. Nothing <laughs> I can think of right now. Glenn Livet. So mm. the good folks at Glenn Livet, classy Scotch making folks there, they have unveil, unveiled the innovative capsule collection of glassless cocktails. Glassless. Glassless cocktails. Not assless, glassless. Yes. They are pretty much little pods first of its kind spirit edible capsules that are 23 milliliters in size fully biodegradable and provide the perfect flavor explosion experience they look like there was some candy years ago that had like a gel inside of it i forget what they were 
but this that's what these look like. They look like little candy pods or almost like your favorite, the Tide Pods. Mm, Gronkowski. Yes. Well, the, you know, this is just going to lead to there being like Red Bull vodka capsules and... That's actually a good idea. You like, could mix two capsules together. There's going to be fireball them. capsules and in oh. no time. I guarantee it. God damn. But yeah, they said that enjoying them is simple. The capsules are popped in mouth for an instant burst of flavor. Simply swallowed. No need for glass, ice, or a cocktail stirrer. Damn, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Glenn I kind of like it. Yeah, Glenlivet is the first spirits brand in the world to team up with capsule designers Nut, Nutpla, a sustainable packaging startup to create an original consumption experience. <laughs> Wow. That's a well, weird phrase. The other thing I like about it, if it's coming from Glenlivet, they've probably done the study to make sure it doesn't change the flavor of their of their whiskey in there, right? Yeah. They say they use the sea it's seaweed based, these capsules. Nice. Uh it's biodegradable in four to six six weeks, faster than a fruit peel, which they say means no waste at all. Than a fruit peel. Oh, so they're saying they're they're packaging it in that. Yeah, it's in like a seaweed-based biodegradable. So you open um, the package and then you drink it from there, or you, it's a pod that you pop in. No, your mouth. it's a little pod you just pop in your mouth. I think the actual pod material is that that biodegradable seaweed-based. So it breaks down four to six weeks outside of your body, but you can digest it and shit it out before then yes all right cool wow but again i don't know what kind of packaging they put those capsules into which i'm sure is not biodegradable you know the first thing that's going to do is like red bull and vodka two capsules that you put together make a flavor explosion and then people are going to keister these things like oh that's right the college kids they love everybody everybody keisters things tampon and keister they're going to use it as a tampon AKA Keister, whatever they want to do with it. It's going to go up their ass or vagina. The vodka tampons, man. Ah, it's crazy. Terrible. But yeah, this is this, it's kind of cool. You know, I guess you always have to be looking for the next thing. All these companies are just trying to find the next market they can push into. And it's kind of how cigarettes went to vapes. And now, you know, what's something that's easier, cleaner, quicker? Well, think about going to like a sporting event. You sneak a few of these in, you just pop them in. You don't have to worry about like a bottle or anything like that. You have like one of those like like Chewbacca, you know, like uh, the ammo things like across his chest is full of these things. (laughs) That's right. Because there'll be a nice little window before everyone knows what it is. So we'll have these. These bad boys. As long as they're in pockets, put them in there and just freaking pop them out. It's great. I, I wonder what the. Like how many it would take for you to feel these things. Like, I wonder well, what sort of proof like one of those pods has. Oh, I'm sure they're putting Glenlivet in there. So whatever proof it is, it's like having a shot. I, you right? would assume. You would assume. assume. Yeah, I'm. And if they can't make them that big, then you do two of them for a shot. You know, like however many equals a shot, then it's kind of cool. I love the creativity. I love that there's something new. I just know we as human beings, specifically Americans in 2019, we're just going to find a way to ruin this. Dude, like, we're going to put can, like, 
these could be the most delicious things. There's going to be one kid who eats like 50 of them and they're going to yeah. ban them. Well, they're going to ban them because like, oh, kids, they look so attractive to kids. Like Tide Pods, if I was a kid, I would eat a fucking million of those because they look like... <laughs> and they do look, they look so yummy. Wonka create this shit because it looks delicious. <laughs> yeah, the, we had the ones, they, were, they weren't the Tide Pods. They were another brand and it looks like a brick of of nougat or some sort of sugar. And then there was a red ball in the middle. It's like, oh, it looks like a gobstopper in the middle of it. I had a nougat gobstopper. Of course. Looks I delicious. Like, you're an adult. You're like, I'm debating about eating that shit. I know yeah. it's bad, but I still want to taste it. Damn. And looking at the comments in this article, one of the first ones is there's on there says Tide Pods for alcoholics. Awesome. Pretty much. If you're an alcoholic, you just carry them in your pocket all day and just pop them in at work. Just like, boop. It's a breath freshener. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's like a like a Listerine strip, but bigger. That's right. It's just bigger. Don't worry about it. I don't have a problem. Awesome. <laughs> Let's get into the Genjula. We got one story here in the good old Gondola. Go to the This is in your neck of the woods, so I'll let you take this one. All right. So in Florida. A recreational marijuana petition already has 100,000 signatures. And that is no surprise to me. After moving down here, everybody, including old people, love weed. So there's a new petition. uh, Who really doesn't love weed? You know, but they embrace it because they're like, fuck, we're getting old and healthcare is expensive and this sucks. And they're like, just give us weed, you know? So there's a new petition to legalize recreational marijuana, and it's gaining serious traction, gathering 100,000 signatures in its first 20 days, which means everybody's like, Whoa. are you going to sign up for weed? Hell yeah. You know? Huh. Um, so the goal is to get on the 2020 ballot. So this, I remember people mentioning it like the last time, because it took like two tries to get recreational marijuana on. And now recreational marijuana is everywhere because they did something recently uh, not too long ago to make it more available. Um, and it's kind of available. If you can get uh, a doctor to write your prescription, they make it a little bit harder because you have to get the doctor to write you another prescription like every 90 or 120 days. There's some <laughs> limit where you have to get them to rewrite your prescription or say it's okay. Uh, and then you register with the state thing and blah, blah, blah. But it's not like they limit you like in New Jersey I remember being up there, it's like, you have to be like a terminal patient here. It's no, if you have pain management, whatever. Uh, but now they changed that in Jersey too. Once our, uh, our new governor, gigantic right? fat former governor who said we have an addiction problem in this country, Chris, but was yet, sounds six, like Chris, we yet was 515 pounds. We have sounds an addiction like problem. Sounds like Krispy Kreme. Hey, looks like goddamn stay puff marshmallow, man. Be cream. Yeah. Yeah. They, they changed a lot of that now. So there's, you know, it's, it's not quite how California was before they fully legalized where it's like, Hey, I've got a paranoia, but not getting weed. That's right. But they've, they've changed a lot now. So it's pretty, pretty loose what you can get away with in terms of getting a, a prescription and, you know, stupid Jersey is going to try again to, to get recreational passed this year. But I'm putting zero hope in anything relating to the government. Yeah. I'm really becoming, I'm, if you were a podcast historian and you've listened to all of our episodes, you can definitely see my path to Unabomdom kind (laughs) of happening. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, your, your honor, I give you exhibit a, 
Yeah, episode 115, Brian started making comments about the government and being a prepper and his disgust with them keeping cannabis illegal. And then you get to episode 220 and he's already in his shack somewhere and he's, you know, peeing into a filter and making his own water and got his solar panels and his pot. Yeah. You can see it. It's, It's coming. But, you know, again, it's just it's just so frustrating that people. Now, none of these people are doctors, are nutritionists. They're pretty much filthy lawyers. No offense to some lawyers. Some of you guys are wonderful. But these guys are filthy, money, power-hungry attorneys who are in a position who now are able to control what people do to their bodies and put in their own bodies. What gives them the power, the right, and the knowledge to do that. That's what drives me crazy. It's never for your own health. It's never for your own well-being. It's just to pad their pockets. Whatever's going to benefit them financially or to give them more power, that's what they're going to do. And that's what angers me. It's crazy. Yeah. But anyway, so the, the push down here. So I've we've heard a lot of speculation. So there's been some talk about political tactics by by every party out there that if you want to get voters out to the polls, you got to have other stuff to get them out there other than just presidential election. So one of the things that came up, I know they were talking about in the mass media was putting marijuana on a ballot. They believe may get more voters out to vote in the election. And, Oh, and by the way, you also have a presidential election going on. So that being a strategy, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of other states were like, hey, let's try to get marijuana legalization on the ballot as well. Because I'm sure the states are going to benefit anyway because of the tax revenue that comes from it. So, And that's something we talked about in the past and we were looking up if there are any states that are putting it for 2019. But, you know, it's one of those, it's not a midterm election. It's not a presidential election. It's kind of like one of those super low voter turnout elections. So, So why even bother? 2020, I could load up a bus of people that'll go vote for weed. <laughs> oh my God, right? You're like, there's a vote. Uh, there's a president. Eh, I'm not voting. Can you you want to vote on legal weed? Hell yeah. I'm going to get on that bus. They're like ready for the bus to show up. Uh, you could roll them in there. Dude, 2020 is going to be a crazy year. You know it that, right? Gonna, I'm calling for an ugly election. The sentiment is just ugly in the media, ugly with people protesting like little babies. Um, what's well, another thing too? Like you saw Hill. Like did you see that video of Hillary this week? She's like, I'll run again and I'll beat him again. It's like, well, you didn't. didn't you had more the popular vote, but that isn't how you win an election. I heard somebody on TV on one of those uh, late night talk shows just because they think they have a talk show on late night thinks that they have the um, their opinion actually opinion. matters, right? Exactly, and they equated the electoral college to doing murder. It, it was just stupid. Like this, the correlation was just retarded. And I know that's not a politically correct thing. You said the R word. I'm triggered. I'm triggered. Everybody's going to be triggered by something. You know what? <laughs> Fucking get over it. Cause it's going to happen. Dude, I mean, you know what our great grandparents were triggered by, by like having no food and having to wait in line for a day to get bread. Yeah. I mean, that was the big deal. So I saw something on... Uh, they had the, you to bitch about, and they didn't even bitch about it. I saw something on the local news today. Uh, they were talking about the millennials and generation... What is it after them? Z? I think it's Z. Or uh, I-Gen, I-Gens? Is that what they call them, too? 
No, they didn't mention them. I think they said Generation Z. So I guess I they Gen Z like, and the iGens are the same thing. I don't know. I'm an old, stupid person. I don't, I don't really know anymore. I don't know. They're I all mean, millennials to me. A generation that doesn't want to identify for anything. How about that? Yeah. For two generations. So they're actually saying that uh, they're, they did a survey and they said there's a growing number of them that are getting stressed out about work or doing work. So they're falling back on saying that they have uh, medical problems with anxiety and they don't want to work. And I'm like, really? That's, I, Listen, I don't, I was doing that 20 years ago. I was the head of the curve. That was me. I think when, when the, when the rubber meets the road, you kind of still realize like, I got to fucking make some money and do some shit with my life. You know you what know, I mean? My like, thing, when I was a kid, I remember my parents and I remember my parents never being happy. Like never really being like, hey, we're doing this. We're going here. We're doing this. It was always just kind of working and being, I would, miserable is a strong word. Just not happy. Doing and I remember it. as a kid just being like seeing that and being like, is that what being an adult is? Because that looks fucking terrible. And oh, yeah. I know in my, that kind of built into me, this fear of, of working and doing something. So I'm like, that all looks like shitty to me. I don't yeah. want to do that. Dude, I saw the realization in a 12-year-old's face when he realized he was watching something on TV and he realized, he turned to me and he said, so you mean people work just for the money? And I was like, what do you mean, kid? He's like, so they're just working to make money. Like, meaning they don't really like what they're doing. I'm like, dude, that's like fucking 80% of the workforce. They're not following like, their passion. Like, I'll give you a fucking lesson now. It's like, <laughs> you got to yeah, put right. food on the table. That's the shit you got to do. I mean, if a couple things have hard. to get sucked, a couple things have to get sucked. You got to hey, pay that rent, right? I'm not saying how moisturize my hands, but there's something going on. Allegedly. <laughs> no, I'm just saying like, you know, you got to provide, you got to, you can't just say, ah, I don't want to fucking do that. I'm not, I'm just going to sit home. Like there's no, mo sometimes there's no mommy, mommy and daddy waiting at home saying, that's all right. We'll give you that participant. You participated in trying to get work, get work. No, fuck that. You get out and get work. And they, otherwise, you know what you get? No food. <laughs> you know what I'll tell you though? When you get out there and you do start grinding, you really do appreciate more like you really do feel more alive because you are you're hustling you're building something i mean again it may not be anything self-confidence and self, your your idea of self-worth goes way up bingo self-worth that's the right thing to say yeah i remember i had a you know a shitty job at a restaurant but it was my first you know real job job and again i was terrified at first it sucked but then like you do it for a little while and you're like wow i actually i make my own money it's really money that you're like, I fucking made this money. I don't care if it's like $10. I made, I made this money. 505 an hour. I was getting paid when I started. Oh, that's some sweatshop shit right there. And that's why you see people getting like, Oh, we have to raise the minimum wage to $15. I'm like, go fuck yourself. I used to yeah. stack just cases of soda in a basement from like the 1700s with no air conditioning in the summer carrying it up these creaky steps a couple cases at a time god damn yeah 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 you know it's just uh i'm sorry Sad. you feel that way but you know you gotta friggin put the gas pedal down and move life along
there's also, and this goes out to all the millennials, Generation Zs, Generation iPhones, whatever the fuck they call them. When you get into your own apartment that you paid for, you're paying for your own rent, your own everything. Everything is on your own. Mommy, daddy ain't paying for shit. I will tell you, you would be like, I feel pretty goddamn good. And I could do, I feel like I could do whatever I want to do. And you truly can. It's empowering. It really That's is. Right. Yeah. Because you know what? Until that happens, you can't do whatever you want to do. Because if you piss off your parents, they're going to cut you off. If you, whatever, whoever's supporting you, whoever that lifeline is, you're a slave to them. It's horrible. Yeah. It's true. Be your own person. Be your own human. Your own man. Your own woman. Be out right. there and be your own person. It, it makes a world of difference. And go out and vote for legalization. So getting back to this, they're saying. That's right. Only after uh, a, a roughly over 76,000 signatures, um, if only 76,000 signatures have been collected, uh, that's more than enough to complete getting it on the ballot. So they're saying they have 100,000 right now. Um, and if they can be verified, it's more than enough to get it on the ballot. So I thought they need 760,000. No, 76,000. Well, I'm reading this article saying Supreme Court review before it can be considered. And that can be only after 76,000 signatures have been collected. If the 100,000 signatures can be verified, it will be more than enough to complete but the yeah, process. But you, the next paragraph says for it to make the ballot in November 2020 general election, 766,200 copies of the petition must be signed by February. Ah. So that must be like 10% then. That's right, right. Oh, okay. So to be considered, Who comes up with that number. I don't know. Seven hundred and sixty-six thousand two hundred. Made up fucking thing. If you can get seven hundred and sixty-five thousand, they'd be like the number is seven sixty-six. If you can get like, seven, we'll just we'll just photocopy fifteen hundred. No one's gonna notice. That's right. Like again, too much goddamn government. If that many people want it, like why is you have to go to the election? Can't it just be like voted in. Like it's illegal now. Up. It's they make shit up. So I'm looking on the page of this thing at the bottom. I got this picture of this dog taking a dump. I'm like, what the? This is this sums up like politics in a nutshell right there. Yeah, it's one of those uh, clickbait things. Three dangerous foods people feed their dogs without realizing it. It's like a dog taking a dump. I'm like, nice. Of course you're clicking on that. That's gonna get us some signatures. <laughs> That's crazy. All right. So 766,000 should. All right. I may have to uh, actually look them up to make it legal Florida. You have to start going door to door. I mean, hey, how you doing? <laughs> if you're in Florida and you want to sign this petition, let me know. That's right. Skibumpodcast at gmail.com. Hit us up. Right. All right. With that, let's go to Ski News. And speaking of people who have legalized marijuana, they are also getting legalized official snow this week. Oh. Pacific Northwest, your friends up in Washington, we call it Oregon. Eh, Oregon's getting it too. And then the next three states, which we love to ski in, but are a little more conservative and don't have the cannabis, Montana, oh. Idaho, Wyoming. Four feet of snow this weekend. Say so, uh, the crowd did boo like. because we have to. But what it do we think about it? Is. <laughs> Shout out to Nick, our boy. 
Storm system moving in, into the Pacific Northwest and Montana could leave up to four feet of snow in the Cascades by the middle of this week. This Ooh. means the second round of heavy snowfall this season for mountains like Crystal Stevens Pass and Mount Baker. A few weeks ago, the Cascades received historic amounts of early season snow. This time, NOAA again forecasts high winds, temps well below freezing, and a 100% chance of precipitation. Bridger Bolt. Bridger Bull and Big Sky have 13 to 15 inches in the forecast by the middle of the week, and Red Lodge is expected to see up to 21 inches. Damn. A lot of snow. Yeah, it's still early in October, and a lot of places out west are already getting a nice whopping of snow. I mean, nothing's officially open. You know, there's been some videos of people getting some turns out in Jackson Hole, spots in Montana. I think like Mount Baker was supposed to get four feet total, but I think that's one of the places that's a uh, national park. So, I mean, I'm sure people are up there. I'm sure people are going to hike up and ski it, but I can, yes. man. It's yeah. free and open. You own it. That's right. This land is your land. This mine, this land is my land. They keep you off it, man. That's right. Pretty so cool. yeah, it's, it's nice to see a lot of snow starting to fall already. Yeah. Lots of, uh, lots of good stuff. Next up Mount hood. They're talking about possibly becoming the resort with the largest vertical potentially. Uh, seems like Timberline and Summit ski area could be linked by a new 13,000 foot gondola, according to Lift Blog. So, and this was this was contended, right? Um, the Timberline it Summit is, ski area. yeah, yeah, they were like fighting it. So, owners of Timberline purchased the Summit ski area last year, now proposing that a gondola would join the resorts together. Um, if completed, the resorts combined could exceed vertical could exceed 45,000 feet. Uh, I mean, sorry, 4,500 feet, 45,000 feet, boom, uh, 4,500 feet. So they have a snow plan proposed. Uh, the gondola is set to link at the top of the summit, uh, homestead lift with the bottom of Timberline's Jeff Flood Express and the expansion would most likely bring traffic to the ski area. And I'm sure people are fighting that. And the owners are proposing a massive rehaul of the Summit Lodge with a new 30,000 square foot building. That's pretty damn big. It's huge, yeah. They're saying hopefully that it'll alleviate traffic up to Timberline and guests will be able to park at Summit and ride the gondola up, saving about 12 minutes of driving. So, hmm, interesting. I like to see the, you know, aggressive stance on this. Nice. Yeah, see if it's going to play out. Yeah, yeah I is that uh, Nick's area? That's uh, Oregon. Oh, Oregon. So just south of there. Good one, Oregon. Yeah, 4,500 feet of vertical, man. That's a lot of goddamn vert. They don't have uh, stupid liquor like uh, some other place out west, do they? Eh, I don't think so. I think, well, Oregon's also the state that legalized pot and has told the farmers to stop growing it because they have so much. See, which is kind of they fun. have too much available to smoke yeah. so we're pro oregon i think mm -hmm. it's not oregon it's oregon right that's a oregon. very good question i think oregon I, I i i had somebody correct me i thought they said one time it's oregon with those not kind oregon. of names less is always more i think yeah. those people who tend to make a long vowel sound instead of a short vowel sound they oregon. tend to give themselves away as not being from the area like oregon Oregon. But yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, we'll see what happens with that. But 
it would be again good and bad but i think this seems like it's more good than bad if this were to happen speaking of good this was this came out this week (laughs) this this story i found really interesting and really captivating if captivating is the right word I tickled my fancy and I'm excited to see how this plays out trails planned for parcel near Vermont's Mount snow ski resort, a 50 acre parcel near the Mount snow ski resort in Southern Vermont is going to be developed into a number of recreational trails over the next five years. The town of Dover recently purchased the parcel and the intention is to link the Valley trail with the crosstown trail by the Mount snow golf club and a backcountry area between Mount Snow and Haystack Mountain. Backcountry? Yeah. Tim Shannon of the Dover Area Recreational Trails Committee. That sounds like a pretty awesome committee to work for. Says the area is comprised of a huge maple forest that has so much potential. The Mm. Brattleboro Reformer reports the plan is to have a temporary loop for snowshoe users and cross-country skiers, plus two small backcountry touring areas ready to ski or snowboard by this winter damn really really cool now mount snow it's yeah, it's southern vermont so it's not it's a it's a fun mountain it's probably the closest you get to the tri-state area new york new jersey connecticut it's mostly not mostly it's more new york and new jersey skiers because it's easier to get to versus some of the stuff in new hampshire which is more the uh, massachusetts and uh, connecticut rhode island folks but it's it's always seemed like it needed a little more terrain, a little more gnarliness to be really, really fun. Yeah. And this might be just what it needs to give people that extra little bit of, uh, of again, funkier, gnarlier, a little more advanced terrain, expert terrain, really. So well, that's I'm, what people in Vermont love Mad River so much, right? It's not, it's yeah. ungroomed. It's just out there and it's just, you just go. It's like all kind of off piste, off, yeah, you know, back country. And that's where, so this is what we were talking about before we even started the podcast, right? What determines what back country is? I looked at Wikipedia just now. And according to Wikipedia, which is always true, it's on the internet, must be true. <laughs> um, back country skiing is called off piste, which we've done, uh, alpine touring, out of area skiing, unmarked or unpatrolled areas um outside ski resort boundaries so if this is going to be designated by the ski resort as quote-unquote backcountry is it truly backcountry right that's a good question yeah at what point does it make it i mean they can call it you can call it whatever you want in your resort i could be like this is heli skiing and it could be like a fake helicopter that is a lift that takes you up you know what i mean like a toy helicopter Exactly. It's a little twirly on top. That's a helicopter, man. I went on the helicopter lift. It's heli-ski. Off-piece, we've seen out in Europe. We've done it. And off-piece means you go on the right side or the left side of the pole versus the other side of the pole. And it's the same shit that you're skiing on here. <laughs> it's just yeah, right. one side of the stick or another side of the stick. I'm sure a lot of people definitely write to us if you have a weigh-in on what, can, what constitutes backcountry skiing. Because I think some people think, well, I I think you got to have at least a backpack with a bunch of shit in there, but maybe <laughs> it doesn't have to be controlled. I've been off-piste skiing. I don't consider that backcountry. Right, Brian? But, that's not, but it says off-piste outside of the resort. That's a big difference. I've done that too. There's a little line and you ski on that. Is that backcountry? I, I don't go bragging. Oh, I went backcountry skiing. 
you know, there's technicality there. Well, yeah, this next know. part is definitely considered, you can call it backcountry if you want. All right, backcountry. So Himalayan heli-ski, uh, Ski Nepal, um, just opening in. So it's powder skiing amongst the largest mountains on the planet. So it's a new company comprised of very experienced pilots and ski guides operating in Nepal. Um, and they've been, uh, they say they've been working, some of them have been working as helicopter guides in Nepal for years. Um, but now they're making it available to everybody. Uh, once you arrive, so there, and once you invite in Kathmandu, the team will greet you before flying to Farmhouse Lodge and the next day, weather permitting, You'll load the helicopter for your first day of heli skiing in the Himalayas with the off for a ski, uh, for a ski day or a three day package. You'll be treated to five runs per day immersed in local culture. So they're saying mountain bike tours, monastery tours, village visits, hot pool excursions, all included in the trip place. So three day package are saying from $4,900 six day package includes a whole bunch of crap, lodging chef, Avalanche and safety equipment, which is great. Beacon powder skis or snowboard rental, which is nice. Um, professional guided tours, heli bike, village visit, or monastery tour options. It is spendy though. A three day package is five thousand bucks. Dude, you can't take it when you go. It's not spendy. <laughs> That's come true. on. We That's got our page. We got our Patreon going, and um, I think we're gonna have to do a. Um, Don't you want to live uh, vicariously through us? We're gonna do a Kickstarter where we're, we can we can we'll video it. I have a new camera, by the way. I got a brand new camera. Oh, ready to take it full video, a little handy cam. I think it, it it'll work. Nice. So, I'm on the website now. They're trying to chat with me, and I'm just closing it up. <laughs> <laughs> Because about <laughs> two trips later, I'm like, Brian, at the end of this podcast, we spent about $13,000. Oops. That's beyond our budget, I think. Yeah. Probably got to dial that back a bit. Christelle Dreams on a beer budget. <laughs> All right. Now we have one more story here. Level one, they're always putting out some pretty dope-ass ski movies. And they have a movie this year that's called Romance. What it is, is they're kind of going through time over the last 20 years, from 1999 to now. And they're documenting the progress. And they're just showing, you know, they've done all these chapters of this film of this, you know, kind of series over the last 20 years. And this is like the final completion of those films. And, you know, that a lot of great, you know, urban skiing, trick skiing, uh, they're all over the world, Tahoe, Denver, Montana, Sweden, Sarajevo, Switzerland. It's, it was pretty cool. And they won a bunch of awards. They just announced it this week. And that was the link I was looking for, but could not find. And the movie does look awesome. And it is available in the next couple of weeks if you want to purchase it. But they're showing it all over the world, too. So they have their... Golden their High Movie of the Year 2019. There you go. Golden. The Golden High Film Festival, which is the, is the High Fives Festival, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, the video, you can actually watch the whole thing. It's coming out on November 5th and you can get it on Blu-ray and DVD on October 21st. 
I'm trying to see where it's available at because I want to see this. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's not coming up for a couple more weeks. I know. Is it available in Boston when we're there? Ah, it's a good question. If you go to their Instagram, they have a picture of all the upcoming tour stops. It's not even going to Boston. Damn. Going to have to go out west, huh? It's going to be in Stowe. It's all October. So the 10th, what's that? This will probably come out Friday. So it just happened in Vermont. They're going to be in Poland, Switzerland, D.C., Quebec, uh, Morzine, France, San Luis, Obispo in California. Oh, we're going to go to France. We're going to see it in France. That works. Or Minnesota. Either either one. You don't know where we're going to be. Dude, I was in Germany last week. You don't know where the fuck I'm going to be. You know what's crazy? They're actually showing it in Boone, North Carolina, too. Boo! ASU, baby. Uh, What weekend? October 26th. Appalachian State University, baby. There you go. Oh, they're playing right now. Like the second? The game. Huh? Yeah, the second. They start at 8 o'clock, so... We got to pound through this podcast so you can watch the end of the game. Yeah, I'd love to go back to Boone. That'd be cool. All right, 26th Boone. There you go. So congrats to the folks at Level 1 for romance and for winning the Golden High Awards best movie of the year. Congratulations. Hopefully everyone will get a chance to check it out in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, there's a Appalachian ski and snowboard club is up there too. Uh been giving them some love. They haven't been giving it back. So maybe I have to go up there and you know smack those kids around. Let them Not know. a bad idea. Let them know who they who they should be talking to. That's right. <laughs> Well, that wraps up the ski news for the week. And now we roll into the main topic. So it's October. This is probably going to come out on the 11th, October 11th. Will any places be open on October 11th? Possible? Mm, Unlikely. Indoor possible. places, maybe? Mm. Mm. Not, no, not in, uh, not in North America. Damn maybe it. Somewhere else. Not in, uh, not in New Jersey? Not in Caucasus there? Not, that'll be December 5th. That's Damn chapter, it. chapter three, I think. Damn it. So we're into, so that place has probably cost about $60 billion, a, tr- a trillion dollars to build and has not opened. It's been under construction for 20 something years. Yeah. <laughs> I think the like, late 90s. That better first. be a fucking mecca to yeah. like everything that's mall and skiing. Goddamn Kits Buell indoors. <laughs> the Hong but, Kong indoors. Yeah, right. <laughs> Home and Colin at Secaucus. Home and Colin at Secaucus. Home and Colin. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, so it is starting to be mid October, and we're you know hearing reports of snow all over the place. But nothing's really open, but it's getting close. And one of the reasons why a lot of these places may have a shot to be open is because of the wonderful, amazing invention of snowmaking. Mm-hmm. And Brave Ski Mom had a fantastic article on her blog this past week called Behind the Scenes, How Snow is Made. And it had a couple of interviews and some technical information about how ski, uh, snow is made to get these resorts into the shape they need to be in. And we thought we'd just kind of take a look at that and talk about it a bit. It kind of understand how valuable and important and necessary it is in this day and age, unfortunately, whether it's global warming, whether it's a cycle, 
We're not getting into that debate. All we know is we love snow and we need more of it. And snowmaking is helping us get there. So well, the f- too, it's like, it's not just North America. I mean, it's everywhere. Uh, we've been to Europe a bunch of times and uh, I went to uh, Switzerland last year and they have snowmaking and they're trying to increase their snowmaking because they've not paid attention to it in the years. And they realize how much more it makes their, their, ski resorts more consistent yeah so it's definitely everywhere you know you you might not think oh i'm going somewhere here or there and you know they got snow making you a lot of times you know yeah what the article starts off and talks about is that in the mountainous west where the ski winter climate is more consistently cold and snowy resort snowmakers lay down snow in the autumn in preparation for natural snowfall and to provide early season guests with high quality snow on as much terrain as possible. And the interesting quote they had in there is that our opening day is set about two years in advance. And it's our job to ensure that guests who've made reservations have quality snow to ski on. That's That's something you don't really think about, you know, but a lot of folks, they book, you know, Thanksgiving is always the big weekend and the, the big ski resorts, the big, the first big holiday that they get. And it can be hit or miss, but, you know, because they have the snowmaking, they, they, they try to make it a hit. And like they said, you know, like they have that set up years in advance. So they know when people are going to start coming and they want to really kind of zone in to make sure they have decent snow at that time. Dude, if you go to the fucking snow version of the Catalina wine mixer, you expect snow. Exactly. And it says in the East, snowmaking is a season long proposition. Since Eastern winter temperatures can vary significantly from one day to the next, snowmaking provides coverage in early season and helps to replenish the snowpack into spring. Which we've experienced sometimes where I remember a year or two ago, we had one day where we went up and it was 50 some degrees and raining. And then overnight it went down to 10 degrees. So you got like a 45 degree swing and everything just freezes over and it's freaking sheet of ice. And then they're blowing snow on top of it. Wasn't it? What's that? That was the most magical day on cascade. Wasn't it? The that's what cascades usually like, but yeah, we have a video of it. It's you, you should have worn ice skates. Like that's how icy it was. Horrible. But yeah, you, you kind of, it's, it's better to be, you know, skiing on that than not skiing at all. So happy to be on that. And then, so the article keeps going on and talks about how expensive snowmaking is because it requires a lot of water and energy. So resorts are trying to make it as efficient as possible. And there are certain conditions that have to be met so they can even start making the snow. And what they're looking for is, uh, and this wet- is why us as being like ski assholes that just don't like, you don't think about it. Like you're just not, you're like, damn it. Why aren't they blowing snow this weekend? Why are they like, you know, come on, it's pretty fucking cold right now. They can't be blowing snow. Yeah. And this is why, right, Brian, that you're going to. Yeah. It's talking about wet bulb temperature, which is saying that the air temperature when cooled to saturation or 100% humidity Snow can be made at 28 degrees wet bulb Fahrenheit or minus two degrees wet bulb Celsius. And while this is the maximum temperature at which snow can be made, most resorts prefer a lower sweet spot of 15 to 18 degrees wet bulb Fahrenheit. Mm. 
Hmm. This is the temperature at which our snow guns run at 100% efficiency. It's cold enough that equipment runs properly and not so cold that the equipment freezes up. Plus, we always have to remember the snowmaking crew. We don't want their fingers and faces getting too cold. <laughs> Very true. Snow guns. There are two primary types of snow guns, fan guns and air slash water guns. The needs of the resort and the daily weather can determine which type of snow gun is best for the job. Fan guns can spread snow over a larger area. Depending upon the model, fan guns can throw snow up to 125 to 250 feet away. These snow guns are very useful for laying down early season base or to cover steep areas which require a deeper base. Air slash water guns spread snow over a smaller area, which can be useful when a resort is building big piles of snow to turn into terrain park features. So I'm trying to think, I don't have a picture on here, but like the big round ones, is that the fan gun? No, the fan guns are like, a lot of times they're mounted up higher in the trees and they have that little propeller in front and they just go and they just freaking throw out a ton of freaking snow. They're, they're pretty cool to watch. And even when they have the other like little nozzle guns on, um, sometimes they don't have those big fan guns on. So the, the big, like the big, like ones that like, look like airplane engines, those are the air water guns? Yes, I think so. I think a lot of them too, like remember, like I know Killington, they're huge on like snowmaking and that was uh, our, like, you know, that's been our home mountain for a bunch of years. They did a whole big upgrade because they had some that weren't as efficient. They were using more water and energy than they needed to with the upgraded ones. So they kept upgrading and now they upgraded to the little cannons, which you see on Superstar. They have those little ones out there. And then if you go over to like, um, uh, what the hell is it? It's off a of Highline and like Bunny Buster and where they do the training. Oh, that yeah. That whole yeah. area going to uh, not Ramsed Snowshed. Mm-hmm. They, um, those ones, they, those are the big cannons with the uh, propeller. Those are yes. the, um, yeah, so they, like they changed up all their snowmaking so they could just dump stuff all over. And it's different too, like bottom of the mountain, the top of the mountain. So if you notice, those big cannon ones are mounted down there because I think they try to keep a lot of those runs open longer and they open earlier. So definitely they have a whole system and strategy for like where they put different uh, you know, types of snow guns. Yeah. And, you know, the big thing too is water. That's the the most important thing. It's very water intensive. Oh, yeah. To cover one acre, one foot deep with snow takes 200,000 gallons of water. Hmm. So that's an idea of how much it takes. After expanding their snowmaking in 2013, Vermont's Okemo Mountain Resort converted a 70 million gallon snowmaking pond to a 155 million gallon reservoir. In a typical year, the resort converts 350 to 450 million gallons of water into snow. That's crazy. That's really crazy. And instead with the cost, right? So sometimes they like they're not paying by the gallon or however they measure your normal water and sewer bill that you get at home. A lot of times they sign a deal with like 
the state or whoever gives them that water rights, it's, it's actually gets down to like water rights. So they're buying the water rights for that period of time. And sometimes they're limited on how much water they can get. So that's when they're like, we got to shut down because we don't, we don't want to spend more money on water, you know? Yeah. Crazy. There's a lot of factors that play into it. Uh, they say that with the efficiencies that these snow guns provide, they can maximize their potential. And with ideal snowmaking temperatures, they can pump 7,000 to 9,000 gallons of water per minute on a, on day one. That's crazy, right? Yeah. It's really crazy. So we're also saying that they, um, they have 1200 guns on the mountain. Damn. Okimo does right now. So one of them used to advertise it was Okimo or Killington or somebody used to say that they could fill, um, it used to be giant stadium back when they used to say this, but these, they, they were, would claim that they could fill giant stadium, uh, to the top with snow in a day. Whoa. I'm like, that's pretty messed up. That's a lot of snow. A lot of damn snow. I don't know if it's true. Maybe it's ideal conditions, whatever, <laughs> but and it's something too, you know, it's so easy to people to complain about lift ticket prices or how much, you know, this costs or how much food costs. But one of the things you have to factor in is this, this is all required right now. You know, we're not, we're not up in Alyeska, you know, where we're, a lot of us are in the continental U S and the conditions are not always, you know, dumping two feet of snow and staying under 30 degrees all winter. This is unfortunately a product of our, our current climate or our current weather that we need to have this extra snowmaking capability if we want to do the thing we love, you know, skiing and snowboarding. Yeah. And the fact that they've gotten this far and this advanced in the technology is, is really unbelievable. And I get it. You don't want to spend 120 bucks on a lift ticket, 150, 80, whatever your price point is. But, you know, something to at least think about and, you know, kind of help you come to grips with that price is that there is so much technology and people out at two, three in the morning, getting these guns set up and blowing snow while you're sleeping on your fancy 800 thread count, nice sheets at your shishi hotel. You know, like there, there's so many things that people don't think about and don't take into consideration when they bitch about the cost of things. But you know, this is the, one of the biggest things we take for granted. But they're not paying for the snow. They're paying for the lift. So if you want to trek up like a, you know, like an old fashioned kind of day, you could hike up two hours and ski down, hike up another two hours, ski down. You don't have to take the lift. I think the people bitching about it are the ones who are not going to go through that sort of extra effort to get their turns in. I'm just saying, but if when you put in that perspective, you're not paying for the snow, you're not paying for the snowmaking, you're not paying for any other amenities on the mountain, you're paying for the lifts. That's what you're paying for crazy because they don't care if you're skiing down the mountain they don't check your tag they don't check a ticket they check a ticket if you're getting on the lift that's it that's That's true you're paying paying to get your fat ass up the mountain because you're too lazy to get up there and you want to get up there quicker that's what you're doing yeah so hey you don't have to go to college you don't have to get a lift just saying you don't have there's a lot of you don't have to's in life that people really take it for granted not a privilege. Exactly. Right. So, yeah, so that was some, a really, really good article. Um, and that was on braveskimom.com. I found another article from March of this year. 
And it talked about a bunch of areas on the East Coast and talking about what they've done. And they talked about, you know, first off was Cannon Mountain in New Hampshire. They have 120 SnowLogic snow guns and another 450 HKD guns at Cannon. It says that, you know, it has quicker and more powerful capabilities now. So they have 95% snowmaking on the resort's 225 non-gladed acres. Wow. Snowshoe, West Virginia, they have 100% snowmaking coverage. Snowshoe? And they dropped about $4 million last year Damn. In, in investments, and $3.2 million went to the snow guns. So they added uh, about 165 new ones. Calden Ski Club in Ontario. They're a private ski club. They just added $400,000 to get more efficient 500 horsepower centrifugal type air compressor. Centrifugal? You're getting all technical now. Centrifugal, yeah. Damn. Mount Snow, they just solved their long-standing snowmaking water problem by building Westlake, which increases water storage capacity Fivefold and replaced a hundred thousand feet of snowmaking pipe. Damn. So they doubled their pumping capacity and cut out air capacity by half. So they're saying they can resurface two hundred acres in twenty-four hours. Damn! And they have about eighty-two percent of their mountain, the non-gladed terrain, covered by snowmaking. Then you have Crystal Mountain out in Washington, out west. They just in 2017 built an 8 million gallon snowmaking pond, a new pump house, 40,000 feet of pipe, installed 44 Super Puma fan guns and SMI snowmakers. The new system makes snow from mid-mountain, about 5,500 feet to the base, 4,500 feet on a total of 112 acres. Damn. A lot of places... The other one's Holiday Valley. Spent eight hundred thousand dollars on HKD guns and more automation. So I learned how to ski. It's up right? in Buffalo. Yeah, yeah. They said that automation and fixed snowmaking equipment have helped reduce labor somewhat. Instead of needing fifteen people, now they can do it with seven to ten. Damn, dude! I'm looking up right now. So Cannon Mountain is only it's it's just over two hours from Killington. Okay. You should drive up there one day. I'd like to. I'm trying to hit up some more smaller resorts this winter instead of kind of doing the same thing we do every year. And they're, they're around Bretton Woods is right there and Atatash mm-hmm. and Waterloo Valley. Yeah. So. If you were listen, if you missed last week's podcast with Matt Pepin, our pal from the Boston Globe, he was talking about some of the places out in in uh, New Hampshire that he's looking to hit up this year. And yeah, they, I was looking up, doing a little research and there's a lot of them that seem like a lot of fun. So Cranmore, hoping, King Pine, they're all right there, man. We got to do a trip out there. The White Mountains. Yep. Wow. So many places to ski and now so much snowmaking to help make it easier. Exactly. So big shout out to Brave Ski Mom for this article. We'll have the link in the show notes. And this other article is on ski area management 
saminfo.com. We'll have the links in the show notes if you want to check it out. And that is available at skibumpodcast.com. And if you have any tips or advice or information that folks to share with everyone else, hit us up, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. Under the ropes. Mario, you want to kick us off? Yeah, so let's kick us off. You know, I'm a very big proponent of hygiene. Good hygiene is very important to me. Um, I like to smell good. I like to feel clean. I like to be clean. You know, now I'm starting to think about my regimen because there is a $100 tube of toothpaste that is on the market now. And I'm wondering if I should uh, run out and grab a few uh, few of these tubes. What do you think? All things considered... $100, $100, I mean, really isn't that much for toothpaste. You know, in the grand it, scheme of things, it's reaching up there that if you have that money, you're like, well, is it really good? Like, you know, then you got to ask the question, like, you know, what's the difference between that and like the, the top of the line Crest or Colgate or whatever brand you, you frequent? Uh, well, but, the question is, what exactly makes it $100, this fine? It, toothpaste that's the question right so they're saying it's a combination of unique flavors and instagram friendly packaging uh and they create high-end toothpaste so this isn't the first high-end toothpaste to come out um there's a few of them so they actually go through i like how they uh, this article it's rob report of course because they have all the the (laughs) fine fancy cool shit out there um but they actually go through and they talk about one of the beloved Italian brands, Marvis. Um, I guess they've been making toothpaste for freaking ever, 1958 and on. And they have vintage packaging, blah, 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 a bunch of mouth-watering flavors. They're saying jasmine, cinnamon, and licorice sold at Barney's New York. Uh, but they're saying it's about $12 a tube, which I'm like, all right, 12 bucks. I would spring for this Marvis if Because if, if you're buying a regular say you're getting the like the high-end crest like the 3d white right that's probably close to six or seven bucks right if you get like the biggest size not on sale biggest size you're talking yeah right roughly yeah i mean twelve dollars isn't out of the it's not hitting out of the ballpark for me it's like if it's again if it's something good it's pricey hey if if i want to if i want to have that cinnamon flavor the jasmine flavor that's what i'm talking about didn't you spend forty dollars on an old-fashioned fuck yeah i did <laughs> what am i brushing my teeth with after nothing lower than 40 dollars. i'll tell you that Goddamn 20 dollar toothpaste that's for sure that was a one drink this yeah. toothpaste a hundred dollars that's in the wheelhouse but now imagine if you were traveling somewhere and you had this in your carry-on and oh, they they take, they're stealing it. it they're stealing that shit they'd be like dude he's got marvis that's um sir up. can you please step aside we have to look at a little bit closer at your bags <laughs> that's why you got a key through the marvis always keister just in case so that's 12 dollars, dude then they're saying there's a brand called twice it's a high-end toothpaste championed by lenny kravitz lenny kravitz (laughs) who's available in two types early bird which is wintergreen and peppermint that sounds delicious and twilight which is peppermint vanilla and lavender that sounds like my jammy jam wheelhouse yeah but what i love about that is they have here's the morning toothpaste and the evening toothpaste so I like how they're they're going. Ah, see, I kind of dig that. And they sell them in a pack of two, with the with the early bird and the twilight, and the pack of two sets you back seventeen bucks. That's not bad. That really is not. That's 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 
We're getting into Doable. 3D white here. That's like in the pretty wheelhouse. Close. You only a dollar right. two off of the 3D white. I actually and, am, am looking for this shit because I want to see where I can buy this stuff. I like the morning and the evening different flavors. That's kind of cool. I want to be able to sit at a party and somebody say, wow, you have nice teeth. Because I've been complimented. You know, I've had teeth whitening. I whiten, you know, crest white strips and I keep good, you know, I keep, um, I have good teeth hygiene and people are like, you have nice teeth. And I want to be able to like, well, I have my morning toothpaste and my evening toothpaste, of course. Yeah. You know, what may I tell you, you about my routine? <laughs> what do you use? Do you use the same one? <laughs> you know, bunch of aqua fresh basic bitch using motherfuckers. <laughs> you goddamn caveman motherfucker. What, what do you use? Uh, don't look at my teeth. Don't look at my teeth. Don't even look at them. You're not worthy. <laughs> you gonna go to a branch over there and brush your teeth, you fucking caveman? <laughs> I don't know. So there's another uh, Australian brand, Aesop's Sea Buckthorn. <laughs> It's cardamom and wasabi riffs come at $17 a pop. That just doesn't sound good. Cardamom and wasabi. Uh, that, might be, that might be the afternoon toothpaste. It's almost like you're having Gluvine with sushi. Yeah, right? But I could see that if you're having after lunch, you brush your teeth, that's the one you use. Mm-hmm. So you got to label that's a lunch toothpaste now. So now so what about like the, about, you know, they have like all those month something of the month clubs. You know, they have like the whiskey of the month club, beer of the month club. What about like a fancy toothpaste of the month club? So you dude, can always try them all. Dude, I would, I would rob, I would rob Vice the toothpaste box. How about that? Right. <laughs> Maybe a little, little tiny version of it. I don't know. Just try it out. So there's a French brand called Bully 1803. And they have a fluoride free toothpaste comes in flavors such as apple, mint coriander cucumber and orange ginger clove that sounds awesome i gotta mm. say they're saying it's about 29 dollars per tube but those flavors are, are pretty top notch all right now things are gonna start to get a little ridiculous in terms of the price and now we're getting a little bit now we're getting a bit crazy now the crystal is opening it's flowing <laughs> like one it's just flowing <laughs> and of course now we have theodent theo now, it sounds very like intellectual, right? Um, and it's it's like one of the most ornate ones, early entry into the market. Three point four ounce tube, high concentrate version runs one hundred twenty five dollars. You still can't even bring that on the plane if you're going through. Uh, that's right. Carry you know on. those assholes made it three point four ounces. You couldn't make it three ounces. Didn't make it three. Dude, if you're in first class, you bring whatever the fuck you want. That's what they're saying right there. Three point four, those four point four ounces. You can't get on. You can't get it in on coach. Pretty sure Rick James, when he has still had teeth before all the coke, this is the <laughs> toothpaste that he used. <laughs> now I don't understand this uh, flavor. So they're saying it incorporates cocoa beans, but contains no sugar or cocoa fat. And tastes nothing like chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a you, what you told me was in it is not in it anymore. And you saying as a fluoride alternative has something called Re- Renew, Ooh. and Renew is discovered by a team of New Orleans researchers who found that it actually caused microscopic microscopic unicrystals of the tooth enamel to grow larger, resulting in stronger teeth. So it strengthens your teeth. Wait a minute. 
They were doing research in New Orleans. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So you're in New <laughs> Who's Orleans? doing any research in New Orleans? Everybody's fucking hammered there. Oh, yo, this is still there, bro. I'll tell you, it's that day one. My double needs that guy on the Renault Michael I'm sorry. New Orleans is not known for the teeth capital of. It's like saying. It's like saying you have a great toothpaste to fortify teeth from the UK. It just yeah. does not happen. And I love my friends in the UK. I'm just saying, you're known for not having great teeth. Yeah. Just, I got to put it out there. I call like I call. Most cities or regions have their niche. That's right. New Orleans, science, technology, uh. research. That's not really your thing. Hmm. So they're saying the pastel pink concentrate comes in a and white tube and bowl caps, retro touch, blah, blah, blah. So they're saying the classic option. Uh, so they're saying, okay, if you can't part with that, that's the concentrate. They have a classic option. Lux gold and brown accents costs $16 for the same size tube. What the hell? But how much... How many uses do you get out of that one versus the concentrate? It's 3.6 ounces. They're both 3.6 ounces. Mm. So it's on Amazon. So here's the thing. Here's the fucked up part. So last year, the global toothpaste market was valued at a whopping $26 billion for toothpaste and is expected to hit $36 billion by 2024. So luxury toothpaste could be here to stay is what they're saying. So they're saying even if it's $100, it could be anything you want it to be. That's really just how our world is evolving into. There's just like a name, brand, luxury version of everything. Dude, Remember you like could underwear? repackage fucking northern toilet paper and be like, this is better ass flavored toilet paper and people would buy it. It's mint, mint flavored toilet paper. How would you know it's mint flavored? Are you putting it in your mouth? <laughs> well, I like, was thinking about like underwear. I want to eat your ass after. <laughs> like it tastes like <laughs> what? How do you validate that? That's fucked up. Face sitters of the world agree that Northern's new toilet paper is is, is a better That's, is the ultimate option. The ultimate, ultimate breath freshening toilet paper. <laughs> like, why do you want a breath freshening toilet paper? It's fucked up. But think about like toilet like underwear. Like back in the day, it was like there was like Fruit of the Loom, and like that was it. Like that was there was the only underwear that you had. And Sound now like there's fruits in there. I don't and know. now like you go you look up like there's how many different brands of underwear now? There's thousands Dude, of them. I got to say, I got the best underwear from Costco just recently. It is like the mesh one, super breathable. It's the one that makes, so what's the brand? It's 32 degrees. That's the mm -hmm. brand. Yeah. They make like the, uh, the base layer. I'm wearing they one of make, the undershirts right now. They have oh, like the little, like the meshy undershirts. Look at you, from Costco. Yeah. Nice. So they make that and then they make this super cooling underwear. It is fucking it's like you're not wearing underwear at all. But it's not as good as ball. Comfy Balls. It's Comfy Balls. Comfy it's Balls ball. is still the best brand of underwear ever. Comfy Balls. Have you had Comfy Balls? Dude, I when I was in Norway, I bought a pair. Yeah? Comfy Balls, yeah. Favorite favorite Comfy Balls, huh? The packaging says you have to have balls to enjoy this product. Wow. See, it's down here in funny. the blaring heat, I'm like looking for anything that cools me off. It's like having a fan in my pants. It's great. Ooh, look at that. <laughs> So <laughs> rather than sweat your balls off, you get up, you know, 32 degrees. It, it's it's kind of close. Take it from someone in Florida who knows the thing about 
hot and hot sweaty balls. balls. Yeah. Sweaty balls. So anyway, I'm thinking I'm I'm looking for the um out of all the the flavors that I'm looking to take, I'm thinking I want the early bird and the twilight because I want that peppermint vanilla lavender. I think that's going to soothe me to sleep. Is that the Marvis? That is no, that's the twice. That's the Lenny Kravitz one. Oh, Lenny Kravitz one. Maybe you get a song with that. You get a little. I don't know. I'd be like, I use the same toothpaste that Lenny Kravitz used. I'm going to throw that, drop some knowledge on people. That, that'll impress probably nobody, but you know, oh. I'd at least throw it out there. It'll impress me. What the hell, yeah. man. So you look good, feel good, do good. And their advertising is like, they have a, you know, pretty girls like playing with toothpaste. And I'm like, <laughs> that's great. I, I do the girls come with the toothpaste. So we can't see her teeth. Can we? Like, I oh, hope they at least want to show her teeth. Dude, beaut, gorgeous teeth. Of course they Stunning. Stunning. Made tremendous teeth. It doesn't mean they're clean. It just it just means they're white teeth. That's and there's right. Lenny Kravitz on it. He must got a piece of this. No Photoshop. I don't know. Early bird, it's nine bucks each or 17 bucks as a pack. I could, I could part with 17 bucks for that. Yeah. I can't part with 3D White. I got to have a coupon or something. <laughs> I gotta say, Cress had this uh, cinnamon one. It was great. Cinnamon's a good flavor to have for toothpaste. How about you? Do you want the buckhorn and the uh, cardamom <laughs> and wasabi? Yeah, that peppermint with lavender and vanilla sounds pretty awesome. It does, right? Yeah. yeah that the buckhorn, cardamom, and wasabi. I don't know what even buckhorn is. Yeah. Is is that because I'm too ghetto or what? Probably. I think it's a made-up thing. Well, since we're going to keep it Rob Report for the second story, after you buy your $18 tube of toothpaste, why not take a flight on the new hypersonic space plane, which can get you from New York to London in one hour? Fuck yeah, dude. They better have, They better give that. So if you fly Polaris, they give you a little gift bag. Mm-hmm. Like That's the shit. They give you like the toothpaste and the thing. they should have the toothpaste on there. That's right. 4,000 miles per hour or five times the speed of sound. The UK Space Agency recently revealed plans for a high-tech space plane that is capable of jetting across the pond at lightning speed, and it could be in the skies as soon as 2030. Oh. So let me ask you, at what point does your face rip off? I think as long as you're still in the fuselage, probably not a problem. Really? Yeah. As long as the doors don't open, you'll be okay. So you can't go too fast, even in the in the thing. I don't think so. I think because the pressurization, you you aren't affected by it. Wow! Like otherwise, people go into space. Do you know how fast they're going on the, in the space shuttle? Oh, it's crazy stuff. But their face is going like like that. It's not coming off. It's going. It's so like basically, stretched. It'll reportedly go from London to New York in a bit over sixty minutes. This is all courtesy new of the hypersonic engine called Sabre, Synergetic Air-Breathing Rocket Engine, which the scientists at Reaction Engines are currently developing. Fueled by a combination of hydrogen and oxygen, Sabre is capable of powering a plane to Mach 5.4 for speedy commercial travel. That's around five times the speed of sound, or Mach 25, when soaring in space. It's supposedly greener and cheaper than current air travel. Damn. This all sounds amazingly wonderful on paper. 
But again, it's happening in 10 years. So am I going to be able to fly to Paris for like a hundred bucks? <laughs> well, I think that's where the rub is going to be. It's probably going to cost you like 10 grand for God, a flight. Yeah. But well, do you remember, do you know what it's like? You've been in coach. You've been on like a normal, like, like a Newark to freaking Florida flight. Like yeah. that's what 200 bucks round trip gets you. That means yeah. everybody can afford to fly. If you can take this plane and it's going to cost a good amount of money, it's going to eliminate a lot of riffraff and it's going to make for a much more pleasurable flying experience. Well, it's also now like United, like we've been flying United a lot. So they have a Polaris and you don't realize there's a Polaris and then there's like an extra above Polaris, which is like even more exclusive. It's just like you're not around anybody. So there's... You know, there's a seat recline, and then and then they have first, and they have business on some planes. It depends on the airplane. The so, double decker ones. Yeah, well, they got to retrofit the planes. So, like, if they have all the planes, they retrofit them. If they get the new ones, they have them built out a certain way. So, it's just interesting. Like that whole industry just keeps churning through. Um, but I remember like hearing like um, the Concorde that used to be like twelve or or fourteen thousand dollars for a seat, and it was all like. It was all like premium class. Like it was yeah, all. That was, but twelve thousand dollars was was actually twelve thousand dollars. I know I, that that was a big <laughs> chunk of change. Yeah, but I tell you what, a lot of the, a lot of the airline industry, they're like you're either. It, it's like the difference between paychecks, right? You have the have and have nots. You have the people making half a million dollars a year, crest money versus and then harvest money. People making you know average when they say average for the for the. U.S., you know, what sixty thousand a year is the average, or something like that, or fifty thousand? Um, yeah, less than. I think it's less than that, but I think it's less than that. But but think about it, like that that huge split. So now you have like the plane is getting split too, in what people can pay, and the people that can pay it aren't even paying it. It's all the the companies are paying it for them. You know, yeah. we're gonna move them around for business. Boom business class and you don't have business class. All right. We'll play whatever class you got. That's above coach, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. I sat on a plane next to some lady and it was pretty messed up. She said she was in French fries. She's in the French fry game. So she does French fry business flies. She had one K, which means she's flying a hundred thousand of hundred thousand miles a year just to do French fry stuff all around the world. I'm like, that's a lot of goddamn French fries. She's part of big French fry. She's big French fry. She's pro French fry. That's pretty crazy. But, you know, I, we've talked to, over the, you know, the years we've been doing this podcast a lot about this next innovation in flight and when we're going to get some more supersonic travel. And it just seems like it's all lip service and i know they're they're working on it behind the scenes and eventually we'll see something but it's it's just frustrating because you just want it to be here you know it would be so great if that newark to denver flight was two hours instead of four you know or going out to tahoe was, was and you asked the question two why and half instead of five yeah yeah why or why why can't you fly into a smaller airport why do you have to have such a long runway like you can't fly so Telluride has an airport right at right at its edge, but you mm -hmm. can't fly a big jet in there. Why can you not fly a little bit smaller jet in? Like, yeah, they opened this airport in Montrose just for ski season. Like, 
they have no other alternative that it's, why does it still have to be two hours away, hour and a half away? Because broke people like us are still trying to get out there. I know. If we were baller and take a small little private plane out there, we wouldn't even be talking about this. But we can't, at least not yet. And you can get that, you know, you know what you can land on? A blimp. You blimp it up. It's like a, a Harrier. My blimp version is coming back. If I hit the mega billion dollar lottery, if I win $20 billion in the lottery, which I think I'm going to win. 20 billion. Um, yeah, oh yeah. It's a new lottery that's not created yet, but I'm going like, to hit it. Those are like Theranos, the Theranos lottery. It's Theranos lottery. It's Theranos money. Dude, I'm playing with Theranos money. Um, <laughs> I'm going to do bl- the, uh, you know, blimp around the world. Do you know how long it would take you to get anywhere in a blimp? Do you want to drop in? Who cares? Who the fuck cares? I'm on blimp, baby. Blimp it up. But anyway, I was in the you airport. Would take off, you would take off in the winter and get there in the summer, wherever you went. Well, you have drones now. You have drones that can carry people. So the drones would pick me up. But like, you want to go somewhere? Like helicopter, whatever. You, I have a pad on top of my blimp. It'd be great. It's a big blimp. This sounds like something in like some sort of weird Sim City of the future. <laughs> like sim airport but why is the future so much in the future you know what it's that whole like ad as you see the beer sign in your local restaurant and says free beer tomorrow and you know what you see tomorrow free beer tomorrow same thing it's the same oh the future is always the future why is the future not now when will then be now exactly soon and why? why why is it that way because the people that are controlling the future or have the means to say what's going to be in the future say i'm making money on this right now i'm not going to give you that because i'm making this people are just scrolling through instagram doing nothing instead of actually going and building shit yeah people should be incensed be pissed off like why aren't you moving the needle i was in the airport and i saw mercedes audi uh what's the other brand there's another brand all these electric cars, beautiful electric cars being showcased for 2020 in the airport. Are they going to be available in your local area? Probably not. I don't know. I want to see what happens. I hear you. Same. Elon Musk needs to come up with a uh, hyperplane. He's talking about it. He said he, that uh, SpaceX might be doing intercontinental rocket commercial travel. So That'd be good. Well, Virgin Atlantic's uh, heating up now. They're saying they're ready to go. Virgin Galactic, yeah. I mean, Virgin Galactic, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So we'll see. One day. Mm. Well, hopefully by that time, we'll be able to afford first class on that particular brand of fancy 5,000 mile an hour plane travel. Perhaps we'll have our own. So, yeah. So thank you, everybody, for listening. We really do appreciate it. Check us out. SkiBumPodcast.com. We're on the socials, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at Ski Bump Podcast. If you want to send us an email, ski bump podcast at gmail.com. What else? We got oh iTunes, Stitcher, Spot, uh, Spotify. Yeah, please go there, subscribe, rate us. We'd really appreciate it. We're also on iHeartRadio and YouTube. We're all over the place. Check us out. A lot of stuff coming up in the next couple of weeks. We have our big event in Red Bank. We have it on the website. I think we're actually full now. Everyone's RSVP'd. You're in. But we're full. Lots of happening next week, too. We'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you again for listening. Stay high, stay fluent. See ya.